0: It's an interesting thing because when someone's not physically here, you can keep trying to reach, but it doesn't always work that way. But the best way I can describe it is exactly what we're talking about, that awakening. It is a real thing, let me be the first to say, that when we're able to constantly keep ourselves more calm, we're able to connect more. And when we connect more, it does not matter. Our religious beliefs, that's the beautiful thing.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between. I'm so excited for our conversation today and to welcome Dr. Janelle Kim to the show. Today, Dr. Mm-hmm. Kim and I are going to talk about Myung Sung, the Korean art of living meditation, and how we can yeah. weave this art into our everyday lives without feeling like mindfulness is something that needs to be separate from our lives. Welcome, Dr. Kim.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Amy Robbins, for having me here. And uh, you said it beautifully. That's exactly exactly my wish and my practice.
2: So I would love to start with you telling us, because this was fascinating to me, how your relationship, how the relationship with your father is, is what really grounds mm-hmm. this book. And a bit about his relationship with his mentor and how he right. became enlightened at the age of 14.
0: In, in the book, it's Master Bodian. Um, like a master for those in the Western culture who are not as familiar as just a teacher, but it's a, almost like an expert, a beyond an expert in that field. So to use that word master, which is used a lot more casually, if I can say, uh, here in the West, in the East, that is a very, a very powerful Uh, whole presence, understanding of that person's life, even when you say that word, which I don't usually even communicate that much, but I think it's important for us to know. Mm -hmm. So my relationship with my father was one of the most special and important parts of my entire life. Um, You know, what an interesting thing. I I have come to acknowledge in a whole other way, especially with the book coming out, uh, how different it really is that it is my father, but also my greatest mentor. I'm always grateful, as I am reminded Um, that this is something that I was born into, I, I recognize that that's not always the case. And I take that very seriously, which is one of the many reasons I feel compelled to continue to share what I have learned in my life. So my father was, on one hand, the most... The best father you could ever possibly imagine, you know, the most compassionate. He had a very powerful presence. You know, we always, my family, my little brother, my little sister, myself, anyone who knew him, he could walk into a space, a room, and I tell you, from miles away, people would stop. There was something about him. Um, And he had a very strong, uh, it could almost be intimidating because he had such a strong presence. But really, especially now that he's been gone seven and a half years now, one of the things, and it gives you a different perspective, I think what I remember the most about him was his compassion and his care and his humor. What an interesting thing, you know, when he was on this earth, I don't know if humor would have been one of the things I would have shared with people, but that's part of the understanding of mindfulness and of Myung living meditation about being natural. And you just said that so beautifully that mindfulness, meditation, awareness, all of these things that are really starting to come about, particularly in our society right now and around the world mm-hmm. are things that we think a lot about. Right. And so I, I'll get to your, your your question, of course, but something that's really been on my mind. But really, when it comes down to it, what he taught me, what his master taught him, is it really should be part of your life. It shouldn't be something stressful or something separate. So, that is how I was raised. Going back to my relationship with him, you know, so it was uh, he was very traditional. I would have called it strict, but he would have said to me when I was young, as he did, "I'm not just strict." And he was right because there were a lot of things he would be very flexible about, but there were a lot of things that just You stayed grounded in that, and that's the way you live your life if you choose to stay on what I speak of in the book, the correct path, right? There's a path Mm -hmm. that kind of leads us wayward in life. That's the yin and yang of it all. There's a lot of things in between. That is the Tao going with the flow, but ultimately, it can be broken down just as yin and yang, just as there is day and night, just as there is loud and soft feminine, masculine, happiness, sadness. There are ultimately those dualities that constantly move together. And that is that yin and yang symbol that looks like a fish, right? But ultimately it comes down to, you have a correct path, a path of humanity, of thinking, not just about yourself, but of others, a path of service, all of the beautiful things. And then you have the wrong path, which is a Exactly the path of, let's say, lying, let's say, not being such a good person, not being kind, all the things that we could imagine. And that's how I was raised, to constantly look at those things. And it was always a communication, a conversation. That you will also see with his master in the book. Basically, it was kind of handed down.
2: Is the thinking that through this path, we move towards enlightenment? Like, how was he considered an enlightened being at 14?
0: Yes, I really appreciate that question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that in this way. And, you know, he would go on to say, as with other enlightened, I do quotes, but with much respect, individuals that I have come across in my life, and it's not something you see all the time, you know, it is a certain that they would tell you that they still have so much more to go, right? The, mm. the, the, the wisest person never believes that they have seen it all. And that really is is the way. So when if I don't want to speak for my father, unfortunately, he's not physically here, but I believe pretty confidently that I could say that being awakened, being enlightened, really comes down to you're that much more connected. You're that much more connected with the universe. You're that much more connected from your heart to other people. You're that much more connected first and foremost, which is key number one of the entire book, the first chapter of yourself, right? And so when you become more connected, mind, body, and spirit within yourself, and through practices for him in the mountains of East Asia, he practiced really what I call the three Ms, which is what I'm wishing to share and what I practice in my daily life and could not live without, which is medicine, meditation, and movement. Those are three things, much longer story, but just really to sum it up, that have been passed down for thousands upon thousands of years in East Asia, but in other ancient medicines. uh, I call it medicine because ultimately that's what it is, that have been passed down. Go ahead, Amy. And then through that, he... That's where he was able to kind of purify himself to be awakened or enlightened, more connected, to see more clearly.
2: Well, and that's so Mm -hmm. simple. I mean, yes and no, no, right? But the the notion that I think many people think enlightenment is this place we have to get to or... It happens when we're sitting in meditation, but it really is about connectedness. And I think, particularly when we're in a time where so many people are feeling disconnected, it's empowering to think that if I want to move towards feeling more awakened, feeling more enlightened, that it really is just about connecting. So, where do we begin? Where do we begin in that process of connecting according to the Myung Sung? Yes,
0: I appreciate that. And it was so beautifully put. You know, the process begins right this very moment all the time. That's the thing is oftentimes we wait. You said it beautifully, and that's something I really think of constantly on my own. And what I wish to share is that we, if you keep trying to figure it, when I was young, I used to get in trouble for figuring. (laughs) And when you're eight years old, you know, my father's like, stop figuring. I was like, what in the world does that mean? I I like
2: that. I like that better than (laughs) stop thinking, right? Stop figuring, like, because figuring feels Mm -hmm. like you're trying so hard.
0: Yes. To and understand. Just, again, said the perfect word. You said the perfect word. It's about, and it's it's exactly what we picture when we picture the, you know, the Asian movies, the martial artists, like, stop trying, try harder, you know. But that mm-hmm. really does kind of exist. And you said it great. And you're right, there is a difference, and the words even matter so much. And he was very thoughtful about the words that were used and, and required that of myself, for example. That yes, it's not just thinking is a requirement. We have to think as human beings on some level. But you're right, figuring out all of a sudden you move away from your heart if you kind of picture it this way and you're in your mind a lot and if you don't constantly have that balance just as I just mentioned that yin and yang you always have to have that balance if you can't balance your heart and your mind and you become thinking trying so hard you're right trying to you know we have to try to meditate we have to try to take time now we have to it doesn't necessarily work that way and so it's a lot of the things that I teach and have been passed on are, are very subtle, very subtle changes, but they can make mm-hmm. profound differences in our life. And mm-hmm. so what living meditation is, as you began to say, one way I love to say it's a constant reflection every single moment. And that can sound a little bit overwhelming to people at yeah, first, I was say that like sounds every like a moment lot I have to watch myself. Yeah, It does. It's until you start to practice it and then it becomes actually not that much work in comparison to actual work that we do all of the time. It's no matter what situation we're in, we're, we're always number one, you have to be aware of yourself. That's why I said key number one, there's eight keys or eight chapters in the book mm-hmm. and we don't have to go into every one, but it's important. And I said, this is the second time I'm saying it now that it starts with key number one is know your true self. And this is not something, as I kind of shared, the wisest, the enlightened person will never say, "Oh, I've gotten it now. I've reached it. I know everything." Right. No, it doesn't work like that. This key number one is something our entire
2: life we're working towards, and we have to know that. We have to be prepared for that. So it's it's more about learning your true self along the way, right? Constant. Because what you're saying is we could probably never get to the point of truly knowing.
0: Yes. Our true self. Yes, and that, and truly knowing. is a a whole other conversation. Now we go into key number two, which is a really important one um, that I will mention right now. It's true, right, and correct. And I was very much raised this way. And that's even those words, like I said, the words are so mindful. Were you going to bring that up anyways, Dr. Amy?
2: Yeah, I, I I had that as one of my questions is to explain this notion of true, right, and correct.
0: Yes, yes. And so so let's go there then for a moment because it is one more, maybe a little bit more of a tangible, if you will, way or more of a systematic way, a formula of how we can go about practicing this in our daily lives. And again, in the beginning, maybe it is something that's a little bit more thinking that we kind of put these these words in our mind. What is true? What is right? What is correct? You know, so when you really kind of break it down and those things can that's the thing about eastern philosophy is it really does work on a human on nature level and so while there are very it can be very logical eastern medicine is the same there is always room for that movement so i just want to preface that so in general you know the the understanding of what true is so it's a way you look at every situation so true right and correct in the book you'll see it's like uh it could be you know triangle it could be whatever that Whatever, however we see that I think I made it more into like an equation for a lot of us in some way shape or form but it's understanding that in every situation we come across in work as a parent in relationship in community when we just come across someone there's always the truth of a situation the truth is basically how you feel about it it's your own feelings okay and we have to acknowledge that we have to be aware how are we feeling right now and that's Mm. The most powerful thing, because often, because not often, I would go so far as to say, as always, that's when you can have control over your own self, because that is the only thing we can control in this life is how we react based on emotion or how we respond in a balanced manner. So we have to acknowledge the truth of whatever situation we come across. Next, we have to consider tell me. Dr. No, I
2: was just going to say I think it's it's often so difficult too as a therapist, right? I know how difficult it can be for people to even begin to identify what it is they're feeling Absolutely. and to feel safe beginning to feel that because a lot of times whatever we felt as kids, right, was suppressed because for a number of reasons, who knows, different for each right? person. But but even beginning to recognize, I am feeling this and I can allow myself to feel this is really important.
0: I love that. I love that. And I love the, the practice and the philosophy, if you will, the concepts of, of what you're bringing into this as well. Now, I will go so far as to say, and I hope I communicate this correctly, that there is a serious importance of not getting too stuck in that place as well. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is, you know, in these moments, it is a practice. And so when you start to think about this, it can be as simple as I, I feel uncomfortable right now or something doesn't feel right. We don't have to in that moment in time, because it's a practice that we want to become a daily momentary type of a thing, if you will, right? It's a living meditation every moment. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what, what am I kind of, even what am I kind of feeling right now? Acknowledge that. Then the right, just to kind of move forward with this, the right of a situation is now we're involving the other people. Okay, and that's where we can have different kind of thoughts or opinions. But the beautiful thing is this all happens within yourself. You don't necessarily have to share this with anyone. And that's an important piece because it's not like you have to overanalyze this because now you have to explain it to someone. It's an awareness. It's a reflection within yourself. So this is how I'm feeling, whether I totally understand it or not. this This is, I feel something happening within myself, right? The right then is, now let me consider that other person. And usually I would say that one way and in the book, how I describe it, the right, you could almost say is, you know, the general understandings, you can, you can break it down. You can start here. Like most people would agree. You don't lie. (laughs) Most people would agree. You don't hurt somebody. I mean, it's, it's that kind of an understanding. Just Mm -hmm. consider, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Now, the main point here is it's almost like we all love the equation. A lot of us do at least a plus B equals C. You can even look at it that way. You have the truth yourself, then you take yourself out. That's the right. And what you want to always arrive at, and I even use this word when I raise my boys, as I was raised, what is the correct decision? What is the correct choice? And it's like we almost train ourselves because we need tools. All of these are tools. The three M's that I talked about, Mm -hmm. the eight keys of living meditation, they're all tools. And so if it's a tool to even train ourselves, okay, here I am in this situation. And this can happen in 30 seconds. You know, this is a longer explanation. But in these 30 seconds, when there's someone standing in front of me, you know how powerful it is to even take a moment to pause? You know, when you're feeling upset and you want to jump, you want to yell, you want to cry, maybe we take a moment. Or you want to be so happy and elated. It can go Mm -hmm. both ways. But the the Enlightenment Awakening, in short, I should say, is is kind of, they call it like the middle path. It's Mm -hmm. where you, of course, experience the feelings, but you don't let yourself go all over the place. So in that moment, consider how you feel, look at someone else, and what is the correct? You train your mind. When I say the word correct, I'm looking out, not just with, I start from within and then expand my perspective.
2: I hope you're enjoying the podcast and videos so far. Please consider supporting Life, Death, and the Space Between on my Patreon page at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can donate any amount you feel comfortable with. Also, we are actively looking for sponsors. So if you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring the show, please reach out at DrAmyRobbins.com. I truly appreciate any support you can give. How are you, how are you defining correct? So correct
0: is the true and the right combined. That's why I say in some way, the equation is nice. It's literally, you could almost look at it as the the me plus that person or that thing. How do I kind of balance them together in this one moment in time to, to come to a correct decision or choice? Correct meaning it benefits everybody. It benefits you right? You Got have to start it. with yourself okay. and that is not a selfish thing, but it also benefits the other person. And it's not always means that we're all so, everything's so happy and, and everyone has to be kind all of the time. You know, that is not to what I'm teaching, which might be surprising to even hear me say this. Now, do I encourage a life of kindness and service beyond? However, you know, sometimes it's correct to, to take a stance and yell at somebody. <laughs> you know, when I'm a parent, there are times that I will yell at my children to wake them up to make them aware of something before they get hurt or someone's coming. You have to, you have to, you have to balance with the situation accordingly. And that's why it's such a hard thing to explain these philosophies that people have reached enlightenment to come down or awakening to try to explain to us. Because when you start to put them in words, we have to be
2: so careful and it is always changing. And sometimes
0: that's hard for people. So do you have an
2: example of what true right, correct would specifically look like in practice Sure. Sure. There's one uh, very simple, but hopefully we can all relate. Okay.
0: Let's say that your aunt loves to bake. Okay. So she loves to cook and she is entering into a competition, (laughs) Uh, a baking competition, Mm -hmm, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, all these shows are popular. And so she bakes this cake. Okay. And you try it and it's not very good. Right. But we have to consider the whole situation If now if we just went over and she baked you a birthday cake and that was it, You know, the truth of the matter is, the true is, I don't really like this cake. It doesn't taste very good. Right. Right? The right of the situation would, for most of us, I would imagine, would be, don't tell her that. You know, she put her time and she stayed up all night making this cake. She wants to make you happy. So maybe we take the bite. Maybe we eat the whole piece. And many of us might choose, and I would be one of them for sure, that would say, I love this cake. Thank you so much. And Jackie, that was a beautiful cake. And you move on. (laughs) Now, the fact that she's going into baking competition... This is the correct decision. This is the right part of the whole thing. So how do we now look at the situation a little differently? So if it was just a moment in time, maybe that's how we'd go about it. But we, now if we just lie, basically white lie, not a good lie, and we say it was so good, but we know she's gonna enter into a baking competition and that was not the best cake that she's ever made, we wanna tell her this. And that's, that's kind of, it's a funny example maybe, but to me this first one that came, like what is the correct decision in this particular situation? What Got is the it. correct decision? Got you know, it. now, because I know she has an out uh, result, it's a result driven, I should probably tell her, you got to do something else. This is not so good. And we can say it in a kind way. This happens a lot in parenting. This happens a lot in relationships. You know, uh, another example quickly is, yeah, and this has happened. My son gets in the car. He's a very good, very sweet boy. He knows how to speak up, but I tr- train him to respect his elders. <laughs> and so he got in trouble for, for talking in class and he got in the car and he said to me, mom. I didn't talk in class, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I got in trouble, you know, things like this. Okay. The Mm -hmm. truth is I want to protect my son at all costs, right? Right. What is the right right situation? It's our choice. A lot of times you have that choice. What do I want to bring from this situation? And I'll tell you in that, in that moment in time, my correct choice, my correct decision that I uh, basically came to was to teach my son, listen, Vinci, you're a good boy When to do, when not to do. Maybe in the moment you don't tell your teacher, I wasn't talking. I'm happy that you didn't do that. Now, if this continues to happen, it would be worth it. And now I'm teaching him the same thing. To maybe pull your teacher when she has a moment and let her know, teacher, I'm very sorry for this, but maybe it's time to speak up a little bit, but I didn't talk in class. I just want Mm -hmm. you to know that maybe I can move my seat, you know, Mm -hmm. but this is now it's kind of an extension. That's why I gave that of how it just kind of keeps going. But as I hope I'm communicating right now, as you can see, it's every time we come across a situation, we just consider the entire outcome. Mm -hmm. And that is meditation. That is awareness. Mm -hmm. That is calming ourselves. That is seeing more clearly. I mean, if that's not what we're achieving or wanting to attain through meditation, I'm not sure what is. You know, it's a
2: certain discipline. So are the Sung practices of mindfulness different to other types of mindfulness practices or just through a different lens?
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, We charge
0: you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint
2: Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time.
1: Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, It's a It's a t-shirt
0: I would say when when anyone talks about mindfulness, if it stays on a correct path and it doesn't get detoured a bit by too much of our own thoughts or ways mm-hmm. of doing things, I think it all comes down to you know the principle of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I was also raised with rings with that word principle, and I will say that a lot. What is the principle of the situation? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing to sometimes consider. You know, we all have our thoughts and our opinions and our feelings, and that's important. We're human, but there's certain there's certain concepts or philosophies, principles that exist that are kind of like universal truths, if you will. They're mm-hmm. universal
2: corrects, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right? right? Where if you really come down to it, we can get in an argument all day long about what mindfulness is, but does it really matter? Like, and and we see this a lot in, in society right now, which is a shame. I don't usually come mm-hmm. right out and say it, but it is. It's a shame. Whether it's from... You know, there's there's so many, and that could be hot topics I'd bring up, so I don't know if we want to go there right now, but there's so many times, I'll put it this way, where whether it is a conversation about this or that, sometimes I truly wonder, because I've been raised on this path of life if you will this mm-hmm. principles of living meditation why can't we all sometimes just a consideration when we're when we're together and there's some opposing ideas there's nothing wrong with that i'm a very strong personality myself but sometimes wouldn't it be nice to remember that we're all human wouldn't it be nice to remember that we mm-hmm. all walk this life we all are part of this universe we all are born and we all will leave this earth one day you know if we kind of come back to that so what is mindfulness can't we? We can all get in a conversation, and sometimes those conversations are incredibly important to help us reflect and move through. But at the end of the day, mindfulness is what we can come up with many different words, but probably we'd all be around the same page. It's a, once again, it's an awareness, it's being right. present in the moment. I would say moment. it's a present it's of
2: mi- presence yeah. of mind, a conscious awareness. Love that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, with my podcast, is obviously called Life Death and the space between. And you talk about mindfulness in terms of how you will be remembered. This is a concept that I love as well. What does it look like? Again, what does it look like in in the practices, in these eight steps to think about and contemplate how you will be remembered?
0: Uh, So incredibly important. And um, I love that that's one of your, the things that you love a lot about this practice of limitation or the book. It is one of mine as well. And not everyone always stays there. (laughs) There's some interesting ones I know. People don't,
2: people Mm -hmm. don't love to stay with the idea of death, right? And dying and what happens to us. And for me, that's, that I always think is really the, the hub of what, what makes living worth living is the notion that we're going to die. I absolutely love that. Uh,
0: And, and let me start there then for this, the way I'm going to respond to this in this moment is, you know, having lost my father, my everything, very mm. unexpectedly, mm. just gone here and gone. Happy and that is an dying. interesting thing me and of itself. He, yeah. um, we had a wonderful day. We were together. I mean, there's a whole long story about this, meaning even how everything lined up that now I look back and just the way the pieces all lined up together mm. are just unbelievable. The fact that I was even around during that time. So we were always together, but just, I was literally in the house <laughs> when he passed. I mean, things like that, you know? And oh. he just, uh, yes, his heart stopped. That was it, you know? And so it did, he was the healthiest human being you've ever met. I mean, with his practices of meditation, movement, medicine, you know, we we walk through a lot in life. We all do, you know? And so in some way, shape, or form, in the way I would say, in more of a spiritual sense, if, if I may, versus even physical, because his physical condition, tell me, no, no, no. I was gonna say
2: absolutely this is this is the meat and potatoes of what my what I love to hear. Yes. So what do you mean by spiritual versus physical? Yeah, so the spiritual
0: aspect of it, so physically I should just end with, you know, I was thirty-three at the time mm-hmm. and he was healthier than half of my thirty-year-old most of my thirty-year-old friends. I mean right. that's that's what we have to understand and that's what these practices do, right? Um, the martial arts, the movie meditation, the medicine, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So I say spiritual as his daughter and him as my greatest teacher, that now seven and a half years later, I can look back and even soon after, to be honest, Dr. Amy, um, I must say that actually one of the things that helped me the most in the state of complete shock beyond grief, I don't even know what you call it for my family mm-hmm. and I, um, what in that moment, I'm processing and reflecting right now because it's been a minute since I thought mm-hmm. about this, but actually one of the things that I think of now, but also in that moment, helped me to let go, you know, and move forward and we're more connected now. That can be another maybe answer in a second yeah, yeah than I've ever felt about that before, as well. Yeah, physically here. But what I mean is, you know, I, when I look back, I'll call it selfish, although I don't know if that's exactly the correct word, but selfishly, I want him here. I do not want him to leave. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? He was my everything. You know, but very unselfishly. I'm happy that he was able to go. You know, because our ultimate wish is, I would say, isn't it our ultimate wish that we live a very full life? And and you were saying before that we leave something behind that we're remembered for. We leave something good on this earth. It can be small, it can be huge, something good that helps others in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, right? And then without any pain or suffering, you're gone. I mean, there's no greater wish I could have for the person who I love the most in my entire life, you know, on my end, it was horror, horrific. (laughs) I don't know what else to say, you know? Um, but having grown up, he was wonderful. We had many happy memories, but we also walked through a lot of challenging times. And so in some way, shape or form to see that my father was able to break from the cycle in Buddhism. And it's not just Buddhism, it's Taoism. Mm -hmm. It's ancient ways. They call it the cycle of suffering, which I don't say often because it feels really daunting, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that almost feels lately, here I'm just having a conversation with you, even though we're on this podcast, yeah. that I'm thinking more and more of, that I might want to start talking about that a little bit more. Someone, having someone acknowledge, you know, yes, on one hand, life is not a cycle, a whole thing of suffering, but on another... You know, it is my firm belief that we do. We walk into this life with many happy times, but many challenging times. And right now, more than ever, do I look around and there's a lot more people suffering and going through challenging times than I can ever remember. And Mm -hmm. so maybe it's important to say this out loud. And I did see that with my father. Did he live a whole life of suffering? Absolutely not. He practiced these principles. You've never seen someone so natural and always happy and compassionate and Mm -hmm. no matter what happened to him, but Mm -hmm. as his daughter- in, in, to, in conclusion to have a moment. And it was about a week after that I was in my state of whatever you want to call it. And I said out loud, talking to him and God, because that's where I found my strength at the time. And I said, you know, as much as I miss you and I cannot believe you're not here, I'm so happy that you can break free from this and keep moving. And we're still moving together. You know, I do believe that if we want to call it heaven, wonderful. Another life, wonderful. He's somewhere better that I know.
2: <laughs> How yeah. do you feel his presence now? I mean how, how is his lesson mm-hmm. have his lessons continued after his death? Yes. Yeah, so um I don't know these
0: are not always even myself, right? Here I am crying on your podcast. <laughs> oh,
2: i I mean, I think I think that this is really the beauty of the book is that it was about your deep connection with him. Thank you. I'm so sorry everyone, but this is real. Oh no, um, no, I love the real I mean that's that's what I love is the genuine vulnerability of humanity. And I appreciate these questions because not everyone asks them in this way. You know, so how do I feel it?
0: I feel him all of the time. It is, you know, when he physically left, something that I've been very very grateful, like I said, about seven and a half years that we are here later. And it's an interesting thing because when someone's not physically here, you can keep trying to reach, but it doesn't always work that way. You know, I don't, I I wish I I will continue to work for all of us that hopefully one day I can communicate it that much better. But the best way I can describe it is exactly what we're talking about. That awakening, that enlightenment, whatever we want to call it, that meditation, that mindfulness. It, it, it is a real thing. Let me be the first to say that when we're able to constantly keep ourselves more calm, that's another part of all these practices, Mm -hmm. more grounded, we're able to connect more. And when we connect more, does not matter our religious beliefs that's the beautiful thing whether you believe in god or not seriously you know Mm that is nature of the universe whether you believe there's something greater than us that we connect to and that i encourage everyone to have in some way shape or form it's vital in my life and so when you get to a place that you can close your eyes sometimes feel that connection you can actually start to feel it one of the things i'm teaching Mm -hmm. a lot more now actually with the launch of the book last year i didn't expect to be teaching it in this way this soon but right, also is right. moving so there are certain things we can do when we rebalance our body through I, this is a totally different thing than i think you'd expect but when we start to rebalance our bodies through certain medicine through eating properly through doing certain movements that for example i teach chigo removing meditation which mm-hmm. helps to calm our mind helps us to connect all of these practices that have been in existence for thousands upon thousands of years are ways for us in in conclusion of how I connect Mm
2: -hmm. to calm
0: ourselves, to rebalance, to be grounded in such a way where for myself, I can, I can feel it's chi. It's all Mm -hmm. chi. It's all vital energy around Mm -hmm. us, right? And that's the way our bodies work, our minds, our spirit, and the way we actually even connect in this universe. And when we start to feel that, whether it is connecting with a loved one, whether it is connecting with each other, we have it right now. Dr. Amy Robbins, right? We're here sitting together. And especially these conversations, I think we all find really help to exactly that. They ground us, they anchor us, that Mm -hmm. we can get caught up in all the things in this life. But when we really do come down to, and I love that that's what you call your podcast, life, death, and the space in between. You know, one of the first parts of this whole book, I imagine that resonated with you, given the title of your podcast, is when my father's master, my father's teacher said to him in beautiful words, but ultimately you come into this life and you live here for a while, and you come into this life with nothing, no physical Mm -hmm. things, you stay here for a while, and we do our thing, we live, and that's okay, right, right? it's okay to have material things, let me be the first to tell us this, but to what extent do you control those things, or do you let them control you, to what extent Mm. are those physical things, to what extent is the stress in our lives, to what extent is the challenges that occur to us in life, start to get us so off balance that we're no longer connected, that we get in this hamster wheel, the cycle of suffering, and we let time pass.
2: And at 14, your your father understood that. Yeah. Yes, he did. And that
0: is what, you know, when we go to East Asia for the, the monks... Who, and usually there are monks, but the people, and there's different roads of a monk. Obviously, my father was for a great time of his life, but then it was his destiny, his choice ultimately as well, Mm -hmm. to come down, have a family. He came all the way to America, not an easy (laughs) process at all in the 70s. You know, married my mother, who I should have probably mentioned in the very beginning is blonde hair, brown eyes. That's why, to some extent, I say I was born on this earth to, you know, hopefully be an example, hopefully a good example of integration. (laughs) East, Mm -hmm. West, old, new, you know, it's just, it was written in the stars, you know, to this day, it's still not common for an Asian man to be, for a Korean man to marry, you know, a woman with blonde hair, brown eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, and here I am.
2: (laughs) What does this look like in your, do you, do you currently practice traditional Chinese medicine?
0: So about 20 years ago, I started a lab, okay? So let me let me backtrack one more step here. So I come, a yeah. ninth generation. Usually I introduce myself this way, but today we got right in.
2: And I, yeah, I like to dig so, right into yes, this. Yes, I'm all you about Waste it. It was no awesome. time. Get right to yes, it. I'm,
0: I, I'm right there with you, which is why it worked so perfectly. Um, but I suppose I should let everyone know I am ninth generation doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. herbologist, practitioner of Qigong martial arts, and practitioner, I say, of the Tao, which is... Ultimately, um, a living meditation is like Tao and mindfulness all coming together. Mm-hmm. So now going back to the medicine aspect... So, I do come from a long lineage of herbal medicine, and I went to school Mm. to study, long story short, I was going to study Western medicine. Certain things happened to me when I was about 19, where it was like that a flip of a switch. It was a decision, one of the first I ever made as a young adult that changed Mm. the whole course of life and was not so easy to do, but Mm -hmm. I just set my mind and did it. And it was to bring about this understanding of the medicine, long story short, that has been passed down my lineage that I grew up with my whole life. But it was in that moment I realized because a few things. Has happened, yeah. You know, I have to share this. Part of what am I what is my legacy? What am I gonna leave behind at the time right. I didn't even think that way. And so yeah, so I studied. I really, really wished to ha- be in clinic and have patients. I loved that, similar to my great-grandfather, Jinbo Kim JBK, which I say because mm. now my lab is called JBK Wellness oh, Lab. Oh, that's so meaningful! And so a lot of people think that I named it after myself, which I suppose is fine, but that is not the case. Oh. <laughs> um, and so another, another way of, of, of being connected, I, I want to make this a point of why I'm even sharing mm-hmm. all this to my story, but you know, had I not connected in a certain way, trusted things that are greater than me because the universe kept basically pushing me towards having lab, which clearly I've done now mm-hmm. for over 20 years, mm-hmm. but at the time I fought a little bit. And so I also want to be an example that that happens. You know, I thought I was going to have patients and be in clinic. I loved that. But people started reaching out for formulas as I had seen, you know, we have done our whole life, but, but very uh, mm-hmm. casually, if you will, it's not a casual mm-hmm. thing, but people would ask, we would hand a formula, move on with our lives, you know, right, but this right. time someone uh, influenced me, really encouraged me as a better word, please do something with these formulations. And I broke into long mm-hmm. story short, the skincare industry and the beauty and wellness industry is what I would call it today. And so that is when, at about 20 years old, while going to school, being in clinic, now here I am making websites. I'm like, what am I doing? But I could feel it, and I kept going with it. And then one day, kind of to summarize, I thought to myself, okay, Janelle, and also going back to what you said about being remembered, I thought to myself, you know, I can fight this because I want to have clinics, multiple ones, and help people as much as I can and do my love, my passion with herbal medicine and acupuncture. But why, Janelle, can't you look at it? That the world can be your clinic in a certain way. Why can't you reach people? Maybe through this, you're going to reach people who don't even know to look. And 20 years ago, let me be very clear. <laughs> I was at the forefront, not just of herbal medicine, plant medicine, Eastern medicine, but natural products. That wasn't even a thing. No. So here I was. No, right. right? I mean, queen beauty. Now it's the thing. But back then, none of this was. And so, and so that's ultimately how I got on this path. And now I have a manufacturing lab where we contract manufacture products for other brands carried at luxury, retailers, hotels, spas, you know, your Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus. And even now into the last couple of years into your CVS's and Walgreens, because they're caring about this and having divisions now for clean beauty. And and all of the formulations I create from skincare, body care, muscle and joint formulas, of course, internal formulas for digestion, detoxification, for example, it's all based on the herbal wisdom and knowledge of formulation that's, that's been passed down in my lineage. So, you know, kind of wow. a mouthful, but that's my day job. <laughs>
2: <Got it. laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So, so you live these <clears throat> principles out in kind of. how you, <laughs> how you work every day, not necessarily with people. Yes. But,
1: yes. Not necessarily
2: with people clinically, certainly with right. people because you run this big company, but yeah. yeah. These are the practices in which you live by. Absolutely. And then with the book came, so that's,
0: again, I repeat because I think it's so important for us to keep this in mind, the three M's is what I call them, right? So I already said medicine, meditation, and movement. So the medicine aspect I've been doing for the last 20 plus years and will continue to do. And in fact, something I don't always mention, I've done this with my husband for 17 of them. You know, so right then and there, this also works in our relationship in so many ways, you know, where we still love each other and work together on a daily <laughs> and and it works. And without loving meditation, I, I don't know, people ask right. me that. So- right. So, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really practice what I preach. I don't know how else to say that. Um. So that's the medicine pillar. The meditation is, is of course, I teach. In fact, on my website, I'm making more courses because I know how important I want to get this out to people. But I, as much as I'm a proponent of moving meditation, which is now kind of going to the movement pillar, the third mm-hmm. pillar, but also seated meditation. I also mean living meditation, which is everything mm-hmm. we've talked about, the eight keys. And then finally, as I just said, movement is that third pillar. One of the quickest ways we can rebalance ourselves. It's a really amazing thing. You know, before I walk up on stage, wherever I am in the world, educating on these various topics, or if I'm if I'm parenting my children, or whatever that looks like, you're in a relationship and there's some tension, or you're tired and you just need some energy. <laughs> you know, there's certain practices we can do, and I do share that right now. And social as much as possible, I want to just get that out there. There's yeah. certain techniques that we can do that ultimately can quickly rebalance mind body so we can connect and make better decisions, make correct decisions. you know, not feel so anxious, not feel angry, not feel so much grief, all of the things. so
2: Well, Dr. Kim, if there if people are interested in your work, where can they find all of this? because this is such great information. I know you have the book out. Myung Sung, the Korean art of living meditation. So that's that's one place to start. But where can everybody find you?
0: Absolutely. So the book for sure. That's through Penguin Random House, but you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the things. I do have my website janellekim.com, J-E-N-E-L-L-E Kim.com, where you can find a lot of different information. And I am really um, engaging a lot in social media lately, which took me a moment to embrace. But when I know it's away, right, sister. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Right. And I'm like, I have to, I have to change my perspective here as well. That's well, what it's all about. Maybe we right? can talk
2: about that after
0: the show. <laughs> I know, it's a whole thing. I'm mostly on Instagram. And so that is definitely a place where I will communicate and, and give as many, okay, if I'm going to be on this, let it be something helpful and useful and all of the wonderful things. So right. that's a place for a lot, Facebook, LinkedIn, and it's all under Dr. Janelle Kim. So-
2: well, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing the wisdom of your lineage, because I think it's so, particularly from the Eastern perspective, you know, I think we we westernize things pretty frequently, and so when people have the experience of this information, this wisdom passed down from generation to generation to generation, That's really where this wisdom lives. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, your father's wisdom with us, your grandfather's wisdom with us all the way down and for sharing your father's story. I know it was emotional and probably not what you were expecting today, but I appreciate your vulnerability and openness and willingness to share that about him. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. My wish is that, you know, in some way, shape or form, it can even help one person that I'm doing what I, what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. So thank you for this time. Uh, together. I really enjoyed it and I really appreciate nice the questions and, and everything that you got out of me.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. Thank yes. you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it.